Welcome to Special Programming, produced by the Public Communication of Science undergraduate students here at the University of Ottawa. In this course, SCI 3101, the Public Communication of Science, undergraduate science students learn skills related to communicating their knowledge to non-specialist audiences in the general public. That's us. As one of their assignments, they are tasked in pairs or alone to produce a five to eight minute podcast on any scientific topic of their choice. Using any approach of their choosing, the students were to produce a short media clip that would be informative, accessible, and interesting to an audience from the general public. In this series, we have stories, interviews, and conversations that range from COVID vaccines to black holes in the universe. Ah, yes, it's that time of year again. The weather gets colder, the days get shorter, snow starts to fall, and the countdown to Christmas begins. I think you're forgetting something. What? I can't be. It's the most wonderful time of the year. You're forgetting that it's also flu season. Oh yeah, you're right. But I'm ready for flu season because I already have my flu shot. Great, because today we're talking about the flu vaccine. Welcome to Common Health, a show where we explain health topics that should be common knowledge. Today we are going to debunk some myths about the flu vaccine, discuss its history, and how it's manufactured each year. At the end, we'll also discuss how some medications have been discovered by accident. I'm Olivia Galloway, a fourth-year biology student. And I'm Teofana Jacob, a fourth-year student in biomedical sciences. We are not healthcare professionals. Please speak to your healthcare provider about your options for receiving the flu vaccine. In this segment called Fact or Myth, we interviewed students on campus to see what they know about the flu and the flu shot. Do you have your flu shot? Yes, I do have my flu shot. Do you believe that the statement, you can get the flu from the flu shot, is a fact or a myth? Uh, from what I've heard around, it is a fact. Actually, it's a myth. The flu shot is made from an inactivated virus that can't transmit infection. So people who get sick after receiving the flu vaccination, we're going to get sick anyways. It takes about two weeks to get protection from the vaccine. But people assume that because they got sick after getting the vaccine, the flu shot caused their illness. Do you have your flu shot? Yes, I do. Do you think that the flu vaccine protects against the viruses or bacteria that cause colds or stomach illnesses? Yes, I do. Actually, this is a myth. Flu vaccines do not protect against the viruses or bacteria that cause colds or the stomach flu. The flu virus is very different and typically causes more severe illnesses. Flu vaccines only protect against the viruses that cause influenza. Do you have your flu shot? I do, in fact, yes, have my flu shot. What do you think about waiting until later in the season to get your flu vaccine so that the effectiveness will last longer? I think you should just get it as soon as possible. You're correct. That is a myth. Vaccination efforts are structured so that as many people as possible are vaccinated before influenza activity begins in the community. So chicken soup will speed your recovery from the flu. Yeah, I think it's a myth. Yes, that's correct. So it helps to have fluids in your body, but uh, there's no scientific evidence that chicken soup specifically <laughs> is going to help with the flu. If you have a high fever with the flu that, that lasts more than a day or two, antibiotics may be necessary. No, it's, it's a myth. 
Yes, it's a myth because the flu is caused by a virus and antibiotics are for um, bacterial infection. So it's maybe going to do something for the symptoms, but it's not going to cure the flu. From what we've seen, students have a pretty good idea of what the flu vaccine is. Now let's go back in time to the first influenza pandemic. The first influenza virus appeared during World War I. This pandemic was also called the Spanish flu, and it caused 50 million deaths. I imagine that the overcrowding and troop movement also helped spread the virus. Yes, it did. During the war, thousands of soldiers traveled through many countries spreading the disease. In 1930, scientists discovered that the disease was actually caused by a virus, and the flu vaccine was created in 1940 by Thomas Francis and Jonas Salk. And if we fast forward to the 70s, we have the first H1N1 outbreak, which was commonly called the swine flu. That sounds familiar. Is that the same strain that caused an outbreak in 2009? No, it wasn't. That H1N1 virus was very different from viruses that already existed. The pandemic in 2009 was the last influenza pandemic and it lasted a year. However, the virus continues to circulate as a seasonal flu virus. Interesting. Now we know that it wasn't the last pandemic because COVID clearly wanted to be the next sensation. But that will be a discussion for another episode. So, Olivia, how are these vaccines made and how are so many produced each year to vaccinate everyone? This is actually quite interesting. There are three main methods for making the flu vaccine. You may have heard that they're made with eggs. I've heard of it. What's that about? Well, the most common source for vaccine creation in the last 70 years was using eggs. Eggs? Like chicken eggs? You got it. Eggs are used to make flu vaccines with the dead influenza virus. But how? They inject the virus into fertilized chicken eggs and incubate them for several days to replicate. Then the antigen of the virus is purified. An antigen is a substance that makes the immune system produce antibodies. Wow, that's pretty cool. You said there were three ways to make vaccines, though. So what are the other two? These are called cell-based and recombinant. Both of these methods are easier than using eggs. In the cell-based method, mammal cells are injected with the virus instead of eggs. That seems simple enough. Yeah, and the recombinant vaccine is more complicated. But what's interesting is that this vaccine does not require the virus for production. Essentially, it uses genetic instructions to create the antigen. Oh, wow. Technology has come such a long way. (laughs) You're right. They are all effective methods for flu vaccine creation. It allows mass production so everyone can be vaccinated before flu season begins. I've heard you should get a new flu shot every year. Why is that? Well, there's a couple of reasons for this. The main reason is that the flu viruses in circulation change every year. And flu viruses are constantly evolving. Another reason is that like many vaccines, the effectiveness wears off over time. The flu shot you get this season may not work against the viruses in circulation next year. I see. How do scientists know which viruses will be circulating in the flu season? Because the viruses are always evolving, producing a new vaccine for the next season starts before the current flu season ends. Influenza viruses in the flu shot are selected each year based on data indicating which viruses are circulating and predictions about which viruses will be around next season. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, and then the different flu virus strains are combined into one flu shot. Clearly, a lot of work goes into these vaccines. 
Yeah, it's important to know the facts about these public health measures so people can make better informed decisions when it comes to what's best for them. And now for the final segment. Which drugs were discovered by accident? So a scientist went on vacation and when he returned to his lab, he found a petri dish that he forgot to place in his incubator. In the dish, there was a colony of mold growing and around the mold, there was an empty zone where bacteria had not grown. Which drug was then discovered? Was it penicillin? Yeah, that's right. Alexander Fleming had then discovered the first antibiotic. Oh, wow. I think I should know this from first year biology. I was pretty sure you were going to know this. So for the next one, there was a chemist and his name is Albert Hoffman. And he was developing a drug to treat bleeding after birth. His fingers accidentally touched a bit of a drug, which was then just a chemical compound. But he ended up inventing a very famous psychedelic drug. Psychedelic mushrooms? It was actually LSD, and this is the accident that led to its discovery. Oh my gosh. I guess it could have been worse. True. The last drug I will talk about is a pill that was initially meant to treat angina, which is a condition you have where you have pain around your heart due to the lack of blood flow. However, this pill failed to send blood to the heart, but it did send blood to other parts of your body. Can you guess which drug it is? Is this related to what I think it's related to? Yes, it is. They wanted to treat heart pain, but instead they invented Viagra. (laughs) I guess that pill still helped some people in the end. (laughs) And that's the end of our show. Thanks for tuning in. You just heard one episode in a series of podcasts produced by the Public Communication of Science undergraduate students here at the University of Ottawa. 